0: Big Six Podcast, it is a Friday, and Fridays are good for skipping out of work early, perhaps grabbing a couple adult beverages, and there's not a better person in the world to grab an adult beverage with than Adam Beasley of the Miami Herald. What's up, man?
1: <laughs> hey, what's going I love an introduction because it's 100% accurate.
0: Uh, yeah, uh, I, I did for Nelly's yesterday and said he's a great fantasy football uh, commissioner. You are one of my favorite people to grab beer with. And I'm sure that if we had a podcast that was more than 30 minutes, we could tell the stories about drinking beer. Uh, are you drinking a beer right now? As we record? no, well,
1: you know, I should. But uh, what does uh, Ek call me? The wild card is that wild card. Yes. Yeah. Um
0: If I was technologically advanced, and I'm going to be able to do this by the draft, and I'm sure that we will have you, we will definitely have you back on as long as you don't get you know annoyed and, and decide to never appear again. Um, but uh, I will have, I will be able to play the the sound clip from. Uh, always sunny, where Charlie Day jumps out of the back of the car and goes, Wild Card, bitches! <laughs> that's the, um, that's the, uh, that's, that's, that's the impetus for the Wild Card nickname, which is a really a true honor for you.
1: That's why well, I, I appreciate that one. It is, uh, it, it's gonna, if I had a, a trophy case, it would go in there. Uh, but, uh, it really <laughs> is, it does sum up my relationship with Eric Kay. I've known him for more than a decade now, and, and yeah, I, I can't think of a better way to, 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 to express my interaction with him than popping out of the back screaming wild card. That's, that's about right. Uh
0: You are at Adam H. Beasley on Twitter. Is that correct?
1: That is correct.
0: People can follow you there and then people can go, I believe to miamiherald.com backslash dolphins and secure all the stuff they need to know uh, about the Miami dolphins. You do as good a job as anyone covering any team in the league. <laughs> you do, you do.
1: You're, you're, you're not just saying that because I'm all with you right now. I mean, I, I am,
0: but I, but I actually- My Thursday night with my family. No, yeah, you're, you're forgoing your Thursday night, uh, dinner with your, with your, with your young son and your wife to, to talk to me about the Dolphins. Speaking of the Dolphins, a former player of theirs, and this is our first topic, we try and hit six topics, five minutes each, we'll see how it goes, Um, EK, who you mentioned is my boss, and he is, uh, he's, he's been pointing out that I don't necessarily adhere to the six topics, five minutes, but I don't care. We're getting it in 30 minutes. Jarvis Landry was traded from the Dolphins to the Browns. I personally thought that the Dolphins got bailed out because they had him on a one-year, $16 million contract courtesy of the franchise tag. And he gets to Cleveland, and they give up some picks to get him. So it works out for Miami in that, from that regard as well. And he just signed Adam a uh, five-year, $75.5 million contract with $47 million guaranteed. That's $15.1 million for a guy who averaged 8.8 yards per catch last year. What say you about this contract other than the laughter?
1: Well, I mean, he's now the fifth highest paid receiver in the entire National Football League, which is bananas because the Dolphins last year thought he might not even be the best player on their own team, the oh best receiver on their own team. They, they had high hopes for Devontae Parker that didn't pan out. Uh, but they, it's not like the Dolphins saw him as an alpha dog, a Julio Jones type of, t- type of receiver. They saw him as a very productive, prolific, dependable guy that, you know, if you, you, you had to get bailed out, they'd throw him the football. But you mentioned his terrible efficiency, 8.8 yards per catch. Uh, it was a crazy stat. Well, in two of the last three years, he broke the team's receiving record for a season and in each of those seasons the Dolphins went six and ten so it may not be causation but it's certainly corollary uh the more they would go to Jarvis Landry the less efficient their offense would be and now the Browns have him for the next five years and they probably had to do this right if they're going to give yes. a, a couple of assets the fourth and the sixth, they had to lock him down I think the price is high I think he's probably more of a 12 or 13 million dollar a year guy but when you got six figures or nine figures, I'm sorry, in salary cap space to start free agency, you have and you won one game in the last two years, um, you're going to make signings like this at times. So I think it's fascinating. I'll ask you this. What do you think that means now for their hunt for a quarterback? Because everyone's been on the Josh Allen train. And, I mean, I think he's a great talent. I think he's inaccurate, though. And that, I mean, he he needs a big receiver with a big catch radius that can run and get down the field and catch the jump ball. Ah, uh, Jarvis Landry does none of those things.
0: That's a good point. I hadn't thought about that. Um, I made the joke on Twitter that uh he's going to get paid seventy-five million to get hit in the ankles by Josh Allen two hundred and sixty-three times a year. <laughs> <laughs> and people were like, "Screw you, man, Josh! Like you're coming at the Browns." Like, you know what? This is the problem with Twitter. I'm not insulting Josh Allen. I mean, I'm not. I'm not trying to insult Josh Allen or insult Jarvis Landry. Or make some bold prediction about the future. I'm just here for a joke. I'm just trying to get some laughs. I found it amusing as I was like sauntering in my house, following the news, and and, and I'm trying. To, I'm here for a joke. But let, I,
1: well, let me tell you this: I uh, in a past life, I may or may not have had in laws that lived in uh, Northeast Ohio. Oh, uh, and I can tell you they're a joyless bunch.
0: They are. It's the weather, I think, and the Browns probably.
1: Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> no, on to much brighter things, uh, literally and figuratively, in South Florida. Yeah,
0: it's interesting too because there's a uh, Dan Hansis was on the this program before, and talk, we talked about the Jets and their draft possibilities with a quarterback. And I think the same thing can sort of apply to the Browns if you're when you when you talk about that Jarvis Landry discussion. Like you, the last thing you want if you're drafting Josh Allen, like he stinks at these little. Quick out routes like this is where he makes the mistakes is the, the very easy dump down sort of, you know, flat routes or, or I, mean, I guess you can hit the crossers fine. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I and, and, and
1: it's crazy. I'm sorry to cut you off. No, you're but fine. The one the one thing that Landry did really well last year, even with, you know, a tree stump as a quarterback and Jay Cutler uh, was those out routes. Uh, pro football focus. Uh, I don't, might not agree with their grading, but I think they do a great job in statistics. And they broke down, uh, what a quarterback's passer rating was when targeting every receiver in the league on every route, the entire route tree. Yeah. And, and the only thing that Jarvis was top five in passer rating attempted toward was the out route. And, and I think it's pretty telling that if, if, if Josh Allen's going to be your guy, why would you dump all this money into a, into a player that really doesn't match his strengths?
0: Yeah. No, I, no, I think you're right. Like Mike Evans is the guy you want for Josh Allen, right? Big, you know, get downfield. And I, I don't know. I, I, I think my thinking with the, the Browns, at least with what they're doing is that I think John Dorsey is sort of following a blueprint that he followed in Kansas City. And this, this is why I think they'll take Josh Allen. You trade for, you give a pretty high asset for a mobile, above average athletic quarterback. Who is a veteran who doesn't make mistakes, just like Alex Smith. I mean, Alex Smith and Tyrod Taylor are pretty close comps to each other. You know, mm-hmm. different levels, but, but close comps. And then you try and surround them with some, some weapons that they can win early. Because if John Dorsey can get the Browns to six or seven wins next year, and I don't think that's out of the question with the personnel that they have, you know, they, Hugh Jackson, I don't think is a great coach, but, but they could, look, they could win six or seven games. He would have carte blanche from Jimmy Haslam to do whatever it is he wants. And so then if the jar, you know, like then you, then you don't worry as much about the Jarvis Landry thing working out. Like you said, they do have a ton of cap space. I, I feel like to get a free agent wide receiver in town to Cleveland, you can't just go into the market and say, Hey guys, we have a lot of money because that's not good enough. Somebody, you have to acquire somebody by p- overpaying in a trade and then overpay them in the contract to keep them around long term.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right, which it, it to me, I was having a conversation with this offline with one of the guys in the beat, uh, today. And, uh, if if I were Jarvis, I would not have signed that contract. And that sounds completely (laughs) counter, completely counterintuitive because what are you talking about? I got $47 million guaranteed. He's, as I said, the fifth highest paid receiver in football. Look, the guy's getting $16 million this year either way. He's on the franchise tag. And to think he couldn't get 31 guarantee, 31 million guarantee 12 months from now or 11 months from now and have his pick at the teams like he can go anywhere he wants. He's not stuck in Cleveland in a place that hasn't won a playoff game since, oh, I don't know, the Reagan administration. I don't know when it's been. But so, yeah, (laughs) he, he, he I guess his eyes got big and he wanted that big contract. But I know for a fact that he was not happy about the trade destination. He Ooh. in the moment, he the idea that that he was OK with this and gave a thumbs up was completely wrong. Uh He's obviously warm to it. And again, forty seven million dollars guaranteed to do that. But I think this may have been a bit impulsive because, as I said, he's got 16 in the bank this year for sure. And even if he has a B plus year this year, he can get 30 over three next year and make the same amount of money that he otherwise would have.
0: And a B plus year for Jarvis Landry is a hundred catches and 90, <laughs> 900 yards. I mean, I mean, I mean like he had a B plus year last year, right? I mean like his numbers statistically, at least in 2015 and 2016 were really good. You know I mean? He looked, I mean, you, you could make the statistical argument if you were his agent or you were someone presenting uh, just, just stats. I'm not talking like film and, and gifts on Twitter. You could be, you'd be like, look, this guy Piles up receptions. He scores pretty frequently in the red zone for a slot receiver, and he's been over eleven hundred yards the last two years. I don't know what to tell you. His numbers are great, and he—I I, would—you um, do—you do—you do radio in Miami all the time. But I, I've been on with uh, Hockman and Crowder, and we had this argument about uh, whether you know whether or not Landry was worth paying. And my point was, he's going to get paid. But I don't think he's going to be worth what he got paid. It, 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 Of course it happened. I mean, now look, A.J. Green and Julio Jones and Brandon Cooks and who I'm missing one other person. Yep. I was saying. Are you oh.
1: talking Mike Evans? He has a big contract. Well, Mike,
0: But Mike Evans already signed. I'm saying like Julio and A.J. Green signed in 2015 and mm-hmm. Brandon Cooks is going to get money from the Rams. All three of those guys are going to get more and a lot more I think than what Jarvis got. Oh, of
1: course. But, yeah, they're going to be more like Antonio Brown. Yeah,
0: they'll uh, get him like the 17 to 18 million. They love the fact that Jarvis Landry got paid, but I think once we see some of these new new contracts get signed, maybe it pushes Jarvis a little bit down the board. So maybe Cleveland was willing to say, "Look, we'll give you this, but, but and you're going to look like a, you're going to be paid like a top 5 guy now, but in 3 years you're going to be a top 15 or 20 guy." And that's really that's fine if that's the case, right? I mean like Right now, it just feels wrong.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, he's probably more top 15 receiver in the league, just on pure talent. I mean, you look at his numbers, and they're huge. You have to understand, too, he had 160 targets last year. They averaged 10 targets a game. That's insane. And it it speaks to why they were so constipated on offense, because (laughs) they they were using basically a glorified running back. That's what he was acting as last year. As their one, two, and three targets, they didn't have a tight end to speak of. The 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 mummy, formerly known as Julius Thomas, was (laughs) in his last year of his career, and and uh, DeMonte Parker, while he's got gobs of talent, is is like as brittle as a Clark bar. I mean, he's I mean, he really is just he falls apart physically. So again, I I I don't begrudge Jarvis. He and I did, and we can get into this if you want to have our our moments uh, in Miami, um, including once when he. Uh, may or may not have, uh, gotten in my face and said, get the bleep out of my face. Nice. But it was, it was in the moments after a 40 to nothing shellacking on national television, the Baltimore Ravens.
0: Mm. Uh, that was a bad but, uh for them.
1: yeah, but Kimbo camper came to my defense. So I know, um, in, in a fight between Jarvis Landry and Kimbo camper, I know who would win that one.
0: <laughs> I do too. Uh, I think you might be able to take Landry in a fight. At least hold your own. All right. No,
1: we no, were... he, no, he's nuts. No, he's a crazy person. Yeah. So, um, I don't mess with the crazy ones. They're, they're, they'll, 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 they'll find a way to put you down.
0: That's that's a very good point. Uh, moving to another topic, and I know we went along on Landry, but that's fine. You have it, it, it dovetails nicely that you cover the Dolphins, and that he happened to get this contract on the same day we're talking. Um, looking at Ruben Foster. Speaking of crazy stories, you know this is scary stuff. Uh, the NFL has dramatically changed the way that they approach domestic violence cases. But beyond the six-game suspension, Adam, that he could potentially face, Ruben Foster is facing up to eleven years in prison. He has been he was uh, he has been charged by the the Santa Clara District Attorney with three felonies: an allegation that he inflicted great bodily injury, a charge of forcefully attempting to prevent a victim from reporting a crime, and possession of assault weapon. He also has been charged with a misdemeanor possession of a large capacity weapon magazine. His live-in girlfriend at the time claims that, quote, this is according to the police report, Foster dragged her by her hair, physically threw her out of the house, and punched her in the head eight to ten times, end quote. She would later flag down a stranger's car, call the police. They searched his house and found a Sig Sauer 516 along with its large capacity magazine, both of which are illegal to possess in California. That's any, that's all from the, the DA's press release. This is a guy, Adam, that was a first round pick last year. Look, is incredibly talented on the field, had some red flags coming into the draft. And the 49ers actually said they would have taken him with a top five pick had Solomon Thomas not fallen to them in that bearish trade. Right. How can they keep this guy?
1: Well, they're not going to be. Uh, I mean, look what I mean, We, we you, you mentioned, obviously, uh, Adrian Peterson and all acts of I and mean, obviously AD was the tortoise son, not a woman. But right. acts of violence in the family take are taken so incredibly seriously by the NFL now, particularly because of what happened with Ray Rice. Yes. And just just think what happened over the last, what I guess, 18 months, 12 to 18 months in Dallas. And there was never any charges filed there, right? If right. I remember correctly,
0: um, in the in the Zeke Elliott thing, yeah, yes. it, 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 they were dismissed. There were the, any charges were dis, or uh, Johnny Manziel was – I think you're right. I think with Zeke, there weren't any charges dismissed. The, the NFL does not care. Like if you get accused, and even if they're dismissed, they're, they'll still tag you with the six game suspension.
1: Right. So. Exactly. And and that's pales in comparison to what you're talking about here, yes. which is a guy's got an arsenal in his house. He's got a history of violence and threatening people about coming forward. I didn't know that detail until you just you, you told me he's um, surprised if I wouldn't be surprised if he never plays a down football again. Honestly, yeah. I, I think that uh, it's going to be if for him to I mean, he's got to have the dream team of attorneys to help him out with a series of crimes, not just to do any time at all. And, uh, the league is going to, of course, suspend him. And then what team, what team is going to take that on? Because as we saw last year, was he a game changer? Did, would you feel like you, you plug him into that, into your defense that he's going to be Ray Lewis to use an example of a guy who had an obviously huge, huge legal issue? Um, mm. and, 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 and those charges were dropped. He obviously pleaded down to, I guess, obstruction or whatever it was. But, uh, he, I don't think he's anywhere near the caliber of that player. What, what team is going to take on? maybe aside from the Dallas Cowboys, that kind of PR hit uh, going forward. So I wouldn't be surprised if his career is done after just one
0: season. You're you're 100% right. And, look, if this – the 49ers are in a tough spot from a hypocrisy standpoint too because um, Tremaine Brock – they dumped at a second after domestic violence last year. But the difference is again, Reuben Foster, a former first round pick. And I think that it speaks volumes to how the NFL often operates in these situations. I thought Foster, when you watch him play, he has some, and he has some Luke Keekly sensibility towards him in terms of his ability to diagnose a play very quickly and get to the ball carrier and lay wood on somebody. And just from a, from a, that probably should be phrasing in that situation and I apologize, mm-hmm. but you know, I mean, look, look, he's, he's, a, he hits big on the field. He has a, he, he plays with a high level of intellect and he looked like a guy who could develop into a legitimate starting, you know, a legitimate starting and, and effective linebacker. But I, I'm with you. I don't see how the, the 49ers can justifiably keep him on the roster if they are trying to adhere to these principles that they say they're trying to adhere to. And at some point, if, you know, They're going to have to cut him, and you're right. No team can touch him until this legal stuff is resolved because if you – here's the thing, like with Greg Hardy, as soon as the Cowboys signed Greg Hardy, every single PR thing went from – former Panthers defensive end Greg Hardy to former Cowboys defensive end Greg Hardy. Right. And so like, if you're the, if you're the dolphins, you can't, if Ruben Foster's released, you can't sign him because it's ex dolphins linebacker, Ruben Foster, you know, goes to jail. And, and I think, I think too many teams have to be too careful of that. So,
1: yeah. And it comes the same week with the Alvin Smith pop of 0.40 and how tolerant were the Niners towards his behavior, I guess, five, six years ago, whenever it was, um, I I, I think that franchise cannot, cannot withstand the, uh, the, 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 the blowback that'll come. And rightfully so, if if what, what has been alleged is accurate and he did those things, he could go away for a long time.
0: No doubt. Um, let's talk Dolphins. We managed to, we managed to blitz through, uh, half of the podcast on those two topics, but that's fine. I mean, the, the Landry thing is dolphins tangent t- dolphins related. What would you give the dolphins? If I'm if I asked you to give them a grade for their, Ooh. for their off seasons so of far, it is while people are listening to this Friday. Oh my God. Friday, April 13th. That's Friday the 13th. We, um,
1: and you've got Beasley on the show. This is got, a bad, bad this, is, this
0: worked out really well. I'm actually I'm gonna be hanging out with we'll stop talking about our we'll stop talk, we'll stop talking about our mutual friend Eric K., but I am gonna be hanging out with him. I'm flying today, um, Friday the thirteenth. This is again, people listening to it on Friday. Uh that's I, I don't like flying on Friday the thirteenth, but I'm flying to hang out at John Breach's wedding and uh EK will be there. So that's exciting. But what grade would you give them on Friday the thirteenth for their off season so far?
1: Well, the cliche is incomplete, so I'm not going to use that. Thank you. Um, uh, (laughs) I would say, golly, there's a lot that they've done, and this is going to be a terrible answer. There's a lot they've done that I've liked, but I wonder how they're a better team. And so that's why I'd give them like a B, B minus, maybe C plus, because I don't know, looking now, how on paper they've made a big step forward. And they've, it's well documented, they they had this huge fire sale, this this purge, whatever you want to call it. Uh they cleared out, I mean, probably shoot, five hundred fifty million dollars of cap space or whatever in <laughs> the in a in a span of three or four days. And and Dominican Sue's gone, Julius Thomas is gone, Barnes Timmons is gone. Uh then then uh you know the Mike Pouncey uh move was kind of shocked us all. Yeah. Uh because uh they didn't think uh Kilbert would be available and they traded for him and you know, a lot cheaper than Pouncey. So, I mean, I think their offensive line is going to be better. I just don't know where the playmakers are. And that's why I'm, I'm really tepid. You, you, you talk to Adam Gase and, and you ask him, how is this team better? And he'll, he'll point to the culture. And let's be frank, there were some knuckleheads in that locker room last year. Right. Uh, Jarvis was not a great locker room guy. Dominic and has never been a great locker room guy. Uh, certainly <laughs> Lawrence Timmons wasn't even in the locker room for the opener <laughs> because he lost his damn mind, tried to board a flight for Pittsburgh. Oh my tonight. god, I
0: forgot it. about that. That feels like 10 years ago. But yeah, you're yeah, right. Yeah, yeah.
1: It was, uh, that was a.
0: He went AWOL.
1: Talk about a fateful couple of days. That Jeez. was the also the same week, weekend, uh, <laughs> that uh, Chris Forrester met his mistress.
0: Oh my god, uh, that was last year too. Sweet lord.
1: Yeah, yeah, that was, uh, when he met the cocaine platter.
0: The, the, she, the opening that weekend. Re-
1: that she referred to herself on the Dan Levitard show. All right. Uh, yeah, and because they were all out there because, I mean, this is how bonkers the Dolphins basically four, four or five weeks were. They lose Tannehill to this freak injury. Yep. Um, out for the season. Um, so, you know, they scramble to bring Smoke and Jay in and then Hurricane Irma bears down on the Florida peninsula. And I legitimately evacuated. Uh, I had, my wife was six, seven months pregnant then. And I was worried really we'd be stuck there with no medical care if something bad would happen or, you know, our roof would collapse in our heads. So we evacuated to Atlanta. The, uh, the Dolphins evacuated to LA and it gave Chris Forster all this time to, <laughs> to go to Backpage, wherever it was that he found, uh, uh, what are we calling her? A model?
0: Uh, uh Insta- Instagram model, I think.
1: No, right. she, no, I don't think she was on Instagram. I think it was more along the lines of like, uh, um,
0: entertainer. Yeah, yeah you could use the no, S. You, can, you, can, what, you, can, you could use the, the uh, S- what word. Was the,
1: uh, what was the, uh, the, the 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 we would buy things on online, not eBay. What's it called? Uh, uh, I don't. I never use it, so I can't remember the name of it. Where you would you know so you would sell? <laughs> no, you're, you're, like you would sell your couch there. What would it be? It was. Oh, uh, Craigslist. Craigslist. Yeah, I think he may have met her on Craigslist. Oh my god! Uh, but regardless, that all happened in L.A. Um, and and I don't even know how we got down this rabbit hole, but that's, I mean, that really was kind of part of their culture problems that they had so many crazy bleeping things going on and, and Gase just got fed up with it. And he got fed up with all these players that weren't particularly good on a bad offense, a bad defense that went six and 10. That let's be frank, probably lucked into a playoff spot in 2016 because they weren't a great team as we saw in the, you know, the, the wild card round. And he's like, "Look, what am I putting up with this garbage for? If you guys are, you know, you're, you're, you're embarrassing me on a daily basis, uh, and you stink. So let's blow it up." And I agree with, I agree with the thinking completely because uh, they could not have brought back that roster in good faith and sold that to anybody, including their owner. No, that's. But the, oh, no, sorry, but, go the, ahead. But, the but the, but the question is, who do they replace it with? I mean, you've yeah. got to replace. You can't replace something with nothing, and. I know Danny Amendola might have some tread left in those tires and you know, Albert Wilson is a can be a dynamic player, but never has put up with big numbers. Uh but aside from that, you got Robert Quinn who when he's healthy is really, really good. But when he's never healthy, healthy. Yeah. And um I guess their other big signings were on the offensive line, which is good. They they needed help there. Uh but I, what they're selling their entire and this might be another point in your bullet point what they're selling their entire fan base on the hope for 2018 is we've got our quarterback back but if that quarterback's Aaron Rodgers you get excited if that quarterback's Ryan Tannehill in in year 7 at age 30 who we still don't know what he is that's a tough sell
0: yeah that's my next question because you look I could I can look at this depth chart and maybe you know, two a beer and a half in, talk myself into them. You know, doing some damage. You're like, oh, Frank Gore's—he's hey, really old, but you know, maybe you know, Kenyon Drake can catch some passes. I like Tannehill. Uh, two years ago, the the offensive line might legitimately be good. Yeah, I mean, Tunsil, Josh Sitton, Kilgore. Uh, I guess you're going with Jesse Davis and then Jawan James. That, that's not a terrible offensive line. And then if they're going to run a sort of a dink and dunk style of system, Amadola and Wilson can catch a bunch of passes and you hope Parker and Stills can get separation down the field. I mean, it, I mean, I, I, but is Tannehill the guy? That's the question, right?
1: Yeah. And that's who we might not know the answer, uh, fully until he gets out there. Yeah. In May for. Do you think he's game. healthy? You know that? Like, yeah, I mean, again, the, Everything I've, I, I hear from them is yes, but that's what we heard all of 2017, and he blows it out the second week of training camp, okay? Right. So uh, they, they decided not to have a surgery. They, they're going to let it heal in the zone, which ACLs, for those that don't know, don't regenerate on their own. It just doesn't happen, right? So he got some stem cells in there, and but still, it's never going to be as strong as if you got it completely surgically repaired. They didn't want to give up all those months.
0: Wait, wait, wait. wait. This is what they did last year. They didn't do that this year
1: right 2016 yeah, 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 yeah. He, he pops it uh, in December uh, he takes a flush hit in that nasty
0: in that, in that rain game against Arizona
1: yes correct yes. Um, and uh, and, and they didn't even rule him out for uh for the divisional round they thought he might have tried to play in the divisional round if they would have beaten Pittsburgh right. on a torn ACL I mean that, that again sprain there are all degrees of sprains of a tear but it wasn't right. Uh, fast forward eight months and he's in training camp and it's, the leg is strong because he's been rehabbing like crazy, but it's still, uh, there's still instability there. And, uh, just trying to run into the pocket and it catches on, uh, you know, his cleat catches in the ground and and pop it. He he, he tears it again. He's out for the season. He gets a surgery this time, but this is crazy. Brinson, they're, 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 they're selling hope and they're, they're building 2018 around, a guy who will not have taken a snap in an NFL live NFL game in 20 months. 20 months. And again, this is a guy that wasn't, has never been to a Pro Bowl, It's never appeared in a playoff game, is a career 500 quarterback with a passer rating of around 85, 86. So, uh, I mean, I don't have a, a great comp off the top of my head right now, but it's pretty pretty rare for a guy in year seven to make a huge leap forward, and that's kind of what they're betting on this year.
0: And yeah, it's almost like a poor man's Indianapolis Colts. I think, I think the talent around the, you know, like, instead of, you're right, I mean, he, he's gonna be, he's gonna be, he's gonna be 29 this offseason. I mean, he is. No, he's gonna be, he's gonna be
1: 30 he'll this 30 offseason.
0: 30 off you're right, he's 29 right now. I mean, this, he is, he is past his prime. I mean, it, <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not insulting Ryan Taylor. I'm just, I, I hit. Hey,
1: be, hey, be careful. Uh, you, you know, his wife does, like, a, have a collection of, of weapons. You've heard this story, haven't you?
0: Uh, no, but we may have to circle back on that. I want to ask you about their, I mean, well, you know what? It's a Lauren Tannehill weapon story. Give it to me quick.
1: Uh, They once returned a rental car at Florida International that's Airport right. with, like, uh, you know, an assault weapon in the backseat. Mm. And she took the blame. Whether or not it was his or not, he, she took the fall for it.
0: As long as she's licensed to carry, that's fine with me. Uh,
1: there were no charges filed. We'll just say that much.
0: <laughs> that's right. Uh, let's talk about the Dolphins draft because, to me, they are a really interesting team in that I think – they would. I think I personally think that Mike Tannehill, uh, did I see Mike Tannehill? Mike Tannebaum and uh, Adam Gase. Mike Tannehill, uh, Mike Tannebaum and Adam Gase would like to draft a quarterback in this class. Not only because there are a lot of good quarterbacks and a couple quarterbacks, including Baker Mayfield and Josh Rosen, that would fit Adam Gase's offense really well, but also because when you draft a quarterback in the first round, it buys you time down the road. And if you if you stink bomb this year, you can always say, "Hey, look." We stunk, but we got our quarterback. I finally got my quarterback. Unfortunately, and correct me if I'm wrong, they're probably a little too far out to get one, right?
1: Yeah, there's a, there's a lot to unpack here. First of all, you're absolutely right that Adam Gase would love. I'm, I'm hearing Josh Rosen, but Josh Rosen or Baker Mayfield would be a great fit here. Both are going to be gone by 11. So the question is, how much are they willing to part with to move up? Yeah, could could they go 1, 2, 3, 4? Could those quarterbacks
0: go yes. in the top four? Yes, uh, 100% I, they could.
1: They could. So you have to think you have to get to at the very least four. And we know what the market is to go up from six to three. It's two first and two seconds because that market's been
0: set. You, by you the could, Jets. you could in theory just get to six and get one. I mean, like six is, the, the, all four of them are going to be gone by six because one of the Colts or the Browns is going to trade out. If there's a guy there that you know, two, are, one's going to the Browns, one's, one's going to the Jets. Um, and then I mean, I, I, I guess one could get to eight, but I think that's pretty unlikely. I think six is the, if you're lucky, you can go from 11 to 6.
1: Right. And uh, I think at the very least, then they would have to, especially if, that's the, if, if they're on the clock, say the Colts are on the clock, and they want to see if there's anybody wanting to move down, which, of course, everyone would if there's one of those quarterbacks left. Yeah. They have all the bargaining power because they'll have three or four teams that want that player, and uh, there's only one left. It's not like, you know, if you're at two or three, oh, you got a couple of options. No, there's one quarterback left. And, and I don't think the Dolphins have the firepower. And the only way, and I was discussing this with my colleague Armando Sagero on our own blog by, on our own podcast, by the way. Oh, uh, p-
0: uh promoted by all means. Yeah. What's the name I of it? I think the,
1: uh, I have no idea. It's the first <laughs> one. It, 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 dropped, it dropped today, but literally dozens of people have tuned in. So I'm happy. There you go. Uh, but no, the only way that I think they would have the ammo to do that, uh, would be to package Tannehill would it be say, here's the, our 11th pick in oh, wow. Tannehill. So then you're doing that for a quarterback that you don't know today will be better than Ryan Tannehill. That's a lot, right? Interesting. I mean, I think, I think that's kind of crazy. So, uh, but there's so much going on here. I, you mentioned a quarterback buys you another year. Uh, if you, if you bomb out, I would say with most owners, yes. Steve Ross turned 78 in a couple of weeks, mm. man. And he has never, he's on the team for a decade. He's never won a playoff game. Uh, he's, he, I mean, I don't think Adam Gase's seat's hot, but I think Mike Tannenbaum's might be. This will be his fourth year here, and if they don't have go over five hundred, it'll be three out of four years with a losing record. Uh that's not acceptable. So I don't know if there is that kind of tolerance, even if they have a quarterback there, uh, to do it. I, I think the most likely scenario is they take a defensive player at eleven, uh, Tremaine Edmonds, uh, Roquan Smith maybe, I don't know, Mika Fitzpatrick will be around, Vita Veda. the good news, bad news is they have needs at every level of defense. So they could take <laughs> any level of defense with eleven. Uh, and then they focus uh, in round two uh, for the quarterback. And I guess they could presumably move up into the first round again. They're at 42. It wouldn't take a ton to move up to 28, 29, 30 if maybe Lamar Jackson's there. I think that might be the way they approach it. But believe me, uh, I am told that uh, Adam Gase is obsessed with Josh Rosen. Obsessed. Really? So, so he would love to have him in Miami. I just – I can't see how it's going to happen.
0: Do do you know that tomorrow when I do a, I have to do a story for the podcast, I'm probably going to use that in the headline. Is that okay?
1: Oh, well, it's already appeared in the Miami Herald, so. Well, I'll just,
0: toward... well, I'll just link back to you. be like, as Peasley pointed out in the Herald, obsessed. Yes. You, like, he is... Well,
1: that's, again, that's what one source who was pretty informed on these matters said. Um, that, and again, we, we keep in mind, Adam Makes Gates sense. speaks in hyperbole, so, uh, if, 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 if he says, if he tells somebody, man, I'm obsessed with this guy, he probably likes him, you know, okay. He's probably, he's, he's probably a pretty decent quarterback. He, in it's, his his, mind.
0: it's his number one quarterback in the class, more than likely.
1: Um, I think for his system. Yeah. But again, Baker Mayfield, those guys are spirit animals. I mean, I think they're both kind of yeah. ultra competitors, young, brash, a little crazy. Uh, but, but yeah, no, I, I think either of those guys would be fine with, but i I'm, I think the Baker Mayfield stuff might be a bit of a smoke screen. And they even brought Josh Allen in, which I don't see at all, man. First of all, he's not going to get to 11. No. Second of all, what do you think, Alan? Do you think a 57% pass, a completion percentage guy is going to be a good pro? What what player goes to a higher level of competition and his game gets markedly better? The
0: the, the thing with Alan is that he has, and I've, I've said this on this podcast, but he has a, like a play every drive or every couple of drives where you're just like, whoa. Wow, like that guy can do something that most human beings can't. And then you see him throw a ball into a defender's arms, like right. five yards away. And I just think that, it, I think that the, Prisco loves him. So that's, I mean, like, I, and I trust Pete and I know Pete hadn't, Pete didn't have a hundred percent accuracy rate on quarterbacks. Nobody, nobody, you know, nobody does, obviously. Uh, NFL GMs don't, but you know, I mean, so, uh, so I I tend to trust Pete's evaluation of him to a degree, and I and I buy into him. So I don't I don't want to I don't want to totally bury him. I'm not, I'm not, but I can't. I If it were me with the number one pick, um, I would be I would probably go. I think I'd go Baker Mayfield or Sam Darnold. I the conservative me would go Sam Darnold, and then the bleep it. You know what? This Mayfield's great. I mean, like like I think Mayfield's going to be great. It, it, Mayfield is Deshaun Watson from last year. He's discounted a little bit because of the other quarterbacks in the class and because of the "quote unquote" system. I think he's going to be great. And Allen, I, I just, I just struggle to easily to see how he adapts uh, from Wyoming. Like, like I get that Carson Wentz made the, the move, but that doesn't mean everybody's going to make it work.
1: Right. And I think he is the ultimate Boomer Bus guy. I think yes. he has he has the highest ceiling and the lowest floor. Yes, hundred uh, percent. Yes. As as opposed to a guy like Baker who's been accurate. Since the day you picked up a football. You see, I you think, know.
0: I think Darnold has the best combination of floor and ceiling for a team drafting high. Like you're not gonna, he's got a pretty high floor and a very nice ceiling. Allen has a, has a two floor basement and like a penthouse. <laughs> you know, like you, you, it could be anything.
1: And, and it would be so Cleveland to, to pick him and have it blow up in their faces. It would be.
0: Especially if it, it cuz like the jets have not been good at picking quarterbacks <laughs> and like if the if cleveland hands the the giants and the jets franchise quarterbacks and then get stuck with this bust out guy and 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 of course like all the like i don't know if you saw that piece on the ringer but it's like every every bit of analytical data says yeah. do not draft jo- josh allen and of course John Dorsey taking over Sashi Brown is going to trade away a bunch of picks and then draft the guy that the, that the analytics say not to go near. I mean, they,
1: they, <laughs> yeah, right? what was it? The, uh, the, uh, analytics is dead in Cleveland if they take him. I think that was the headline. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. And, and in the same year that the Sixers go back to the playoffs on the heels of the process with, uh, with Hanky ousted in Philadelphia, right? I mean, this is how it works.
1: It does. I, I think we could go like two hours and all this. Cause we uh, could. I, I, I hate tanking. I really do. I think it's a terrible way to build a franchise. And I think uh, if tanking uh, was 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 a surefire way to success. The Browns would have a whole collection of Super Bowl trophies. They would. I mean, really they, 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 they would. And, 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 and I guess football is different than basketball because basketball, if you hit on one or two amazing players, it doesn't matter who the other guys are. You're going to be really good. In football, if you hit on one or two amazing players, you have one or two amazing players.
0: Yeah. And you're, and you have a, a, a thin depth chart and you're overpaying those guys. All right. We got to go because we're running long. EK will be proud of us for, uh, for not keeping it in between the mustard and the mayonnaise. Adam Beasley of the Miami Herald at Adam H. Beasley on Twitter. Check out his unnamed Miami Herald Dolphins podcast and go to MiamiHerald.com backslash Dolphins. Support local journalism and bees down there in Miami. Thanks, buddy. All
1: right, man.